I actually don't really have a lot of notes for the message today, um, just so you understand why I'm up here this morning. Uh, I typically am not if you're new, uh, but as we said, our pastors, pastors aren't feeling well, and uh, uh, Zach reached out to me Friday morning and said, hey, this is what's going on, can you just be ready in case, and I was like, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm ready just in case, um, and I thought, well, really the pressure shouldn't be too heavy on me because you guys can't expect too much from me. I only had like 12 hours to, you know, 16 hours to get ready. So, but of course, being in the flesh, you get nervous, you get anxious, and uh, a thought occurred to me, it's just church. And I don't mean to say that as if this is a trivial thing we do, but I looked at it as it's just church. What are we supposed to be doing? Do I have to be worried about, you know, sensation? Do I have to be worried about uh, uh, production? Do I have to be worried about, you know, what everybody's going to think or what everybody's going to want from this message or the music or how we pray? I thought it's just church because it's not about all those things. It's really about one thing, coming here to praise God for what he's done for us, right? Now, I don't want to understate the fact that the word of God needs to be presented. You know, it says to rightly divide the word. You don't just crack it open and say, oh, I like that part, and I'm going to talk on that, and oh, it got to that part. I'm not so, I don't like that so much, so I'm going to skip over that. No, the Word of God needs to be delivered completely as it is. You don't change it. You don't add to it. You don't take away from it. It is what it is. And so when I thought, okay, um, I did talk to Gary a little bit. He was going to bring a message, either him or or, uh, or Zach. And if you look in the uh, the bulletin, the title I think is, uh, um, In the End Days, Men Will Not Be Thankful or something like that. Well, that's not my title. That's not my message. So it's, it's going to be a little different. But it does have to do with being thankful. So with the remaining time, I would ask you to turn to Luke chapter 10. So that maybe this morning we can focus on really why we do come here every Sunday. Or to any church that is uh, believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So please turn to Luke chapter 10. I'll read the verses uh, 1, through, uh, nine, uh, 1 through 20 quickly, and I'll share with you what, uh, what I believe in faith that God gave me when I thought, okay, what, you know, I'll take the easy route and talk about something that can be thankful, and I prayed, you know, you know Lord, what, what can I talk about that we can be thankful for? And I believe... Uh, This is what we should talk about today, or here. Uh, Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others, and in some translations it will read 72, but we'll get to that later. The Lord appointed 70 others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but... The laborers are few, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 
Go your way. Behold, I sent you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking uh, such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, The very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day for Sodom than that city. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sodom at the Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who were exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. And we'll continue in verse 17. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So that's the scripture that I have for this uh, Thanksgiving week uh, sermon, or this message. So <clears throat> when I thought about this, uh, this portion of scripture, I thought, you know, that's really what church is about. You know, we come here because we have been called into God's kingdom. And so we learn to worship him. We start reading his word. His seed continues to develop in our hearts. Uh, there's verses, as you read in the New Testament, that we are to grow in grace, uh, to grow um, into the image of Christ. There's a constant changing. We go from the old man to the new man that was created in us. But when we think about church, we can get wrapped up a lot into all the things that we need to do. And again, it's, it's not about production. It's not about presentation. It's not about, oh, I just, I hope everybody likes coming here. I hope they like the music. I, you know, all those things are great. But in a humble way, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about singing praises to God. It's about doing those things that are pleasing to him. It's about putting the focus on Christ and who he is and what he has done for us. 
This is going to be a short sermon, um, but that's okay. There's a lot to be said here. But what I want to do is I want to just familiarize you if you haven't heard this portion of Scripture before, or if you have, there's maybe been a couple things that you kind of scratched your head. Starting off back in verse 1, chapter 10. So Jesus, it says, after these things, the Lord appointed the 70, or the 72 in some translations. So there was a few things that had happened right before Jesus sent the disciples out to preach the gospel. And the way he sent them out two by two is similar to if you go out, if you turn back one chapter to Luke chapter 9, when he just sent out the 12. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And in this, this commission, this uh, mission that he had the disciples go out to do, was reminiscent of when John the Baptist was opening up the stage for Christ. And what did John the Baptist say? He went out saying, Behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. And what? Yeah, see, that's the part we kind of forget. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That's the message that we were given. That's the message that we are told to go out into the world. Now, let's be honest. How many here wake up every day thinking, can't wait to get to work and say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. How many people wake up and do whatever they're doing and say, can't wait to see my neighbor. Good morning. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. No, it doesn't work like that. And yet it does work like that. Because someone told us that message before. We're here because we heard it from someplace. It may not have come in that particular format. But the message of who Christ is is what was preached to us. But I want us to think about this because I don't want any of us here not being willing or able to go out and in some form or fashion tell our family, our friends, our loved ones, the stranger in the street, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And so if you think that's hard, consider some of these, um, these uh, tips that Christ gave to his disciples when he went out. Going back to Luke chapter 10, First of all, he says, look, the harvest truly is great. There's a lot of you out there that need saved. But what's the problem? The laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so we recognize that the whole world is lost, um, as some of us were. And we're only saved, not because of ourselves, but because of the grace of God. And so he says, look. Go out to these places because the need of salvation, the need for the message is great. And so he just puts it in their hearts, like, consider the need. Like, yeah, it's not my favorite thing to get in people's faces and say, hey, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent. First, he says, consider this, the need is great. I mean, we sing it periodically in church, people need the Lord. Just like back then, they need him today. 
And then in verse 3, he says, Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. So Christ is not naive. He recognized the situation in which he sent these uh, disciples. He's like, they're not going to want to hear your message for the most part. All right? You are to be lambs, uh, seemingly defenseless against wolves. I recognize the situation in which you're in. I know that when you share the gospel with someone, they're not going to be probably, yeah, I've been waiting for that all, you know, all my life. Where have you been? Most of us took a while for it to sink in or to even appreciate what was being told to us in love, hopefully. So Jesus was not naive. He understood the situation <coughs> excuse me, in which they were sending them. And then he gave some other tips. He's like, look, I don't want you going out there stacked with uh, supplies. Don't carry a money bag, a knapsack, uh, greet no one along the road. He's basically saying, don't go out there as if you're prepared with your own means and your own things to get you through this. Because what you have to say and what you have to do, you don't have anything in it. It's of me. It's of my father. And so we're going to supply you the things that you need. Verse 5, he keeps it simple. But whatever house you go into, first say, peace to this house. Now, there was a custom back in uh, Bible times. We're not going to get into that. But greeting someone was actually a process. All right. It was more than just saying, hey, what's up? How you doing? It was actually a process to greet people. But Jesus says, when you go into someone's house, say to them, peace to you. Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, that is someone who's going to receive that, who appreciates that then your peace will rest on them. So in other words, if you're talking to someone about the gospel and you're presenting this truth to them and they receive it, then that peace is going to remain on them, all right? They're receiving it. And so their heart, their household is going to be open to this message that you have for them. But, he says, if not, it will return to you, all right? So it's kind of simple. Here's the facts. I know that I'm sending you out among wolves. I'm going to send you out into this, this world that does not want to hear the message, but needs to hear it regardless of how they feel, and quite honestly, in regard, regardless of how we feel. I know that most of the time I share the gospel with someone, they're not going to receive it, or they're not going to want to hear it. And that's awkward, right? Like, it's like, oh, I know they're not going to want to hear this. But that's not my problem. And Jesus is saying that's not our problem. If they receive it, great. If not, leave it there. And if you're welcome to a house, and you know, this is more practical, if, you were, if, if you're welcome in the house, remain there eating and drinking as such things as they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. But he's saying don't go from house to house. I want you to go into the city. And I want you to do the things that I have for you. And I'm going to give you power and authority. So he's like, look, don't load up like a soldier with your rig and your gear and everything you need to stay out there. Go out there with the message. And I'm going to supply to you the things that you need. I'm going to give you the power and the authority to do the things that I want you to do. 
Now accompanying the message was also the signs that the message was real. They were going to be allowed to heal people, to cure them of their sicknesses and diseases. And in some cases, even exercise demons from people. And we're not going to go all into that right today, but it was a thing. And so they had the power to do that. But here's what he also says. Look, if you go into a city and they don't want to hear the message, that's not on you. In fact, I don't want any of that on you. Shake the sand of that city off of your feet and let them know that even though you didn't want to hear it, know that the kingdom of God has come near you. It has been sent to you. You had the opportunity to hear it, to respond to it, to be saved. But if people don't want to hear it, then leave it there. That's between them and God on the day of judgment. Now, that doesn't mean we don't care. That doesn't mean we're like, uh, hey, I told him five, you know, five times, you know, five sentences, Jesus is Lord, whatever it is, they didn't want to hear. No, you know if it's for real or not. You know if you're being sincere. It's not a check, to, you know, preaching the gospel isn't a check in the box. It's a mission to save souls. But regardless, if they don't want it, you wipe the dust off of your shoes and you leave there, but you let them know that the kingdom of God has come near you. And then he goes on to say that, uh, you know, like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and all these cities that were in the uh, Old Testament were these recipients of great judgment and wrath for the things that they had committed. But what's Jesus say? You think that's bad. What happened to them? Those nations today that hear the gospel and don't respond to it, their judgment is going to be greater than even that great judgment that we know. I mean, fire and brimstone helling down on a city, it's going to be worse than that. But here's why. Because Jesus says, if they would have seen the works that we're doing, they would have repented. They would have, they would have turned their ways. But you cities, you nations today have seen these works. And not only did you not repent, but you didn't want it here. You didn't want anything to do with it. And Jesus also says, look, if they reject you, don't take it to heart. Don't take it personal. It's not about you. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And not only that, Jesus says, if they're rejecting me, they're rejecting the Father who sent me. And so the disciples, they did what they were told. They went out. Uh, this is the only account that we have of this particular missionary trip. And the Gospel of Luke doesn't say how long it took. But when they came back, if you look at verse 17, it says, Then the seventy returned with joy. All right, this was what? A missionary trip to do what? Preach the gospel. All right. They were to preach the gospel. They were to tell people that the kingdom of God is at hand. And it would be accompanied by healnesses, uh, healing of sicknesses. They came back with joy, not saying, you're not going to believe how many people 
responded to the message. They came back with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. We have to understand what the motive is for us to go out and to preach the gospel. All right. They were impressed with themselves that, of course, well, Lord, in your name, we were able to do these things. But what did Jesus say? First, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's saying that, look, from the time that the gospel was going to get preached, that the accuser in heaven who says, look at you, look, God, look what they have done. Look at this. Look at that. All All the things that he accuses you of. The gospel eradicates the accuser. And Jesus is saying, I saw him fall from, like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemies, that nothing shall by any, any means hurt you. And what he's saying is, is I give you the power over the enemy. The gospel is the power to eradicate the enemy. The good news. And Jesus says, look, don't rejoice in this. That you have power over the spirits. Don't rejoice in. <laughs> I, uh, I was able to preach to 20 people this week. And blah, blah, blah. It's not about what you can do. It's not about us. But if we're going to have something to be thankful for this week. If we're going to sit around the table. Eating our food. Enjoying our fellowship with our family or friends. However you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Remember this while you're sitting at the table with the bounty that God has given you. And that is definitely something to be thankful of. But here's what God wants us to remember. Jesus says, rejoice. Be thankful for this. That your names are written in heaven. You know, I, uh, I'm going to close with this. We think that the world is so screwed up. I think sometimes we, th- we say, oh, wait, I miss the good old days. You know, that, the good old days. We see the world, it's such a mess, it's so chaotic. I can't believe people are saying they're this when they're really that. People are doing this, people are doing that. And you can fill in the blanks to whatever that, that image conjures for you. And we almost secretly wish that, well, I wish I just missed the good old days where people weren't like this. But guess what? The good old days, they were bad too. Everybody was sinning. Now, it might seem new to us, the way of the world, the way people are today, how they are expressing their sin. It may seem new to us, but the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Since that disobedience happened in the Garden of Eden, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that's happening today that hasn't happened already. And so are we to judge that this generation is worse than any other? Are we to say they're beyond the gospel No, we need to keep things into perspective. People need the Lord. And Christ is saying, look, 
Don't be thankful for the wrong things. Thankful that, be thankful that your names are written in heaven. Why? Because we were of the world. We looked just like him. We did the same things. But by the grace of God and someone being obedient to sharing with us the gospel, the message of repentance, we're here today. We're where we are in whatever stage of the walk that God has for us. That is what we are to be thankful for. And then go out and share that with others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. I pray that your blessing will be upon each one here this morning. I pray, Father, that you will help us to remember why we are to be thankful. Lord, we are not in any position to judge. We are in no position to look at the world as it is today and think, oh, I can't wait for the Lord Jesus to come. If we're looking at his return in that motivation, then we're wrong, Lord. Because we know that in that great and awesome day when he returns, all accounts will be settled. Father, thank you that someone in our lives was obedient to sharing the gospel of Christ to us. And I pray that we, in turn, Lord, will share that message with others. That we will look at them and think, yeah, that was me. And to love them as the person did that loved us, that shared the message with us. Lord, I just pray most of all that you will be all in all this day. Lord, help us to be thankful for Christ. Help us to love others as you have loved us. And we just ask all these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.